find the scriptures and turn to Acts 19. Everyone turning to Acts 19. The ushers are distributing while you're standing a missions faith promise. Today or next week, I want you to turn that back in, just making a commitment for missions for the next 12 months. You've heard me say this through the years that we believe that every, everyone ought to tithe. I grew up t uh, being taught to tithe, always give to a building fund of a church, which we call that a rise build around here, and then always giving to missions. And so wherever you're at giving to missions, just reaffirming or you can increase or decrease if you need to. But uh, by you making some kind of commitment for the next 12 months, we support 170 different projects every month that we're giving out. And that's based on the, the indication and the giving of this congregation. But then we have many teams that go out. We do a lot of local to global missions throughout the year. And all of our missions is funded through this faithful congregation. Can you say amen? amen. All right, from Acts chapter 19. Have you found it? Say amen. amen. If your neighbor's still looking for it, say oh me. Uh-oh. Amen. Tonight, the service at 6 o'clock. And I'm thankful for the preaching team of pastors that we have at Evangel Temple. Pastor Dusty brought it last Sunday night. Pastor Ralph on Wednesday night. Amen. Pastor Jordan will be preaching tonight at 6 o'clock. Don't miss the service. Amen. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And he finds a few disciples there in Ephesus. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said unto him, We haven't even heard that there be a Holy Ghost. Now let me give you a setting here. This is 20 years after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We're sometime around A.D. 52. We know that Christ ascended somewhere. It is believed around A.D. 33. Could have been as early as A.D. 30. But somewhere in that time frame, the ascension, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, somewhere in that, that parameter. 20 years later, Paul goes to Ephesus. There's been the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they said, we haven't even heard of this Holy Spirit. And in that setting, Paul says, unto what were you baptized? Because they're believers. And they said, well, we were baptized according to John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. And then Paul says, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who was coming after John, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they followed a New Testament scriptural baptism according to verse 5 and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. That's how we baptize today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when Paul laid his hands, this is 20 years after Pentecost, he lays his hands on these group of 12, verse 7 says there's 12, 
He lays his hands on them and they receive the Holy Ghost upon them. They speak with tongues and they prophesy. We're headed somewhere. Amen. I believe we need a greater touch of the Holy Spirit on the church today. Amen. Come on, let's just welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come and anoint the Word of God to be living, incorruptible seed planted in our lives today that will produce great faith for the kingdom of God and the reaching of our world. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. Keep your Bibles open to this passage. The world is to be our mission field. Oh, thank you for about five amens. The world is to be our mission field. Jesus said this. I didn't say this. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Supernatural results require, and this would be something good to write down. You want supernatural results? You need to follow biblical pattern. Sometimes we want the results without following the patterns in the scripture. Supernatural results means we've got to follow divine patterns that are set forth. John 4, 35, Jesus says, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields that are ripe unto harvest. I really believe that the church for so long has been sort of in a stare. If you've ever watched some people walk, they're always looking right down what's in front of them. Their, their eyes are trained on the path right in front. Jesus says that we, uh, we're, as travelers through life, we need to lift up our eyes and we need to realize there's a broader perspective. What is in front of us right here is certainly very important. But friends, we need to also see the fields that are white unto harvest, that it's harvest time and that the world is in fact the mission field. And we must obey the commandment to go into all the world. We want the promise of authority. We want divine empowerment. But all of that was given so that we could go into the world and preach the gospel. Tie your family. Tie your individual life. Tie your business to patterns of the word that we see in reaching our world, God honors that. When a family honors missions, I believe God blesses that family. When a family blesses the Lord's church and honors the Lord's church, I believe there's direct blessings because I believe those two things are biblical pattern. Missions is biblical pattern. Blessing the Lord's church, being a part of the Lord's church is biblical pattern. And I believe there's something that is received as you follow biblical pattern. Last week I gave uh, point number one of my message was the access problem we have in our world. That here in America we've had wonderful opportunity for the gospel uh, to be preached. And here in Jacksonville there's 1,400 churches. Uh, last week I asked everyone to come and to get out of one of these buckets scattered throughout the sanctuary. The name of a country. And uh, how many of you prayed over that country at least several times this week? In the early service, I drew one. In the second service, I drew another last week. And so I had Cuba and I had Albania. I prayed over those two countries every day this past week. 
I did a little research on both of those countries because I wanted to be a little more effective in my praying. And as I was studying Albania, I realized that, that uh, there are only 8,000 Protestant believers in the entire nation of Albania. There's very limited access in that nation. It's a very deprived nation as far as the gospel. They've not had the access we are privileged here in America. We're privileged in Jacksonville that you can uh, turn on numbers of stations and watch on television or you can uh, listen on the radio or, or on the internet uh, in print with all the churches and church ministries that are afforded. We've had great access to the gospel. The problem in America is people who have chosen not to believe or to believe. The problem with many parts of our world is people have just not had an opportunity to hear. And they've had an access problem. 41.6% of our world have not had adequate access to hear the name Jesus Christ. And that's a sad statistic. Because we're commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Don't get quiet on me. America has had the freedom of access. I mentioned last week numbers of communist countries that I've been in over the years. And uh, from uh, going to Hungary right after it was open to the gospel and seeing uh, the years of communism and its effect and toll that it had taken on the people and the, the spread of the good news and being able to be, uh, we took a group in there not long after Hungary became open and we were able to build a church communist China, on and on, communist Cuba, Venezuela, on and on these areas where we've been and we've built churches and work and we've seen the effects. I am thankful to live in America and that we've had the freedom and the access of the gospel and somebody right there needs to shout a good amen. Because we're saved today because the gospel came to us. The good news. That was point three, but point two of my message last week was the importance of prayer that we do pray for the nations, amen? That we understand uh, that prayer changes people, prayer changes nations. I believe how that North Korea is opening up to the gospel is a direct result of Christians who have been praying around the world for that nation. For 70 years, they have been so bound up in an atheistic state, no access to the gospel. If any access was under the threat of their lives being lost, but I'm telling you, that is changing today. Amen. The wind of the Spirit of God is blowing. God said in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And all flesh includes North Korea. All flesh includes Albania. All flesh includes North Yemen. Listen to this. I have more people in my Sunday school class in this sanctuary every Sunday morning more Christians seated in my Sunday school class than there are Christians in the whole northern half of Yemen. There is almost no access to the gospel. Less than 125 are listed as born-again Christians in north Yemen because of the limited access. We have a responsibility. The go is a world mandate, amen. It never shortchanges the local. But friends, we cannot just look down. We've got to lift up our eyes and see the fields are ripe under harvest and the world must be reached. Paul goes to Ephesus, point number one. 
He plants a church. I believe that the local church is so important to the spread of the good news around the world. This is what Paul does. He goes in, he leaves Jerusalem. Now remember, he's got born again on the road to Damascus, up in Syria. He gets born again. He, he leaves Jerusalem, starts his missionary itinerary. The missionary that we had on the screen earlier in the service was Mike Baldry Jr., who is in Turkey, one of the challenged areas of our world, planting a church there. Why? Because the church becomes a, a great base of operation. Well, this is the area that Paul went to 2,000 years ago. The church that became so prevalent in Asia and in Turkey particularly, where Ephesus was located, that church dwindled out over the years and is having to be replanted. I want to show you something. Because I believe, friends, the church has got to stay on task. When we lose our Father's eyes, when we lose the desire to evangelize our world, we begin to look inward, we begin to look downward, downward and Jesus said, look upward and see the fields that are ripe unto harvest. So 2,000 years ago, to reach Turkey, wasn't called Turkey then, but to reach this part of Asia, he goes to Ephesus and he plants a church in A.D. 52. These dates are important to remember. Paul stays there for about three years building a strong church. The stronger the church, the greater the foundation, the better the launching pad for the gospel going to many different places and in many different ways. I believe in strong local churches that are missions sending churches. Let me say this morning, Evangel Temple is a great commission church. I'm gonna come over here and say it on this side. Evangel Temple is a great commissions church. I'm gonna come over here and say it on this side because I don't want any mistake. Evangel Temple is a great commission church by the grace of God. Paul plants a great commission church, a platform, and spends three years. Paul, what in the world are you doing? You spent three years planting that church in Ephesus. But you read about that church being planted, and then in A.D. 64, ten years later, he writes the book of, everybody say Ephesians. When you read the book of Ephesians, and you realize that Paul had labored there for three years, almost three years, and now he writes all of the blessings that you read in Ephesians. It was an incredible church. This was an awesome church. 10 years they've been going and they have such blessings declared over them that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, knowing the power of God that's working in them, and when you read Ephesians and you realize Paul planted this church and 10 years after the planting, he writes to them, commending so much, to telling them about the, the armament of their spiritual warfare, put on the whole armor of Christ. There's so much good stuff in Ephesians he writes about. But watch, 30 more years transpire. A.D. 96, John on the Isle of Patmos. Revelation 2, he writes about the church of Ephesus. 30 years, he said, you've got a lot of good works, a lot of commendable things. However, 
you've lost your first love. 30 years later, he writes, Ephesus, church, you've lost your first love. Therefore, the Lord is going to remove your candlestick. I want to tell you, I believe that you can have church and have no candlestick. I believe you can have meetings and have no anointing. I believe you can have gatherings and have the presence of God that's already baked. The candlestick has been removed. 30 years later, after Paul has written such a powerful letter, John writes on the Isle of Patmos that you've lost your first love. Friends, when the church begins to look inward and we no longer see a world that needs to know the saving knowledge of Christ, no longer needs the gospel, when we begin to only look at ourselves, I believe, friends, we're headed for a state of lukewarmness, of coldness, of even losing the first love. Hallelujah. God, restore our first love. God, renew our first love. Don't take our candlestick. Don't take our anointing, oh God. Let us be a great commission people. Let us know that we're salt. Let us know that we're light. Let us know we're to make a difference in our daily world. Hallelujah. I've come up here this morning to stir up the gift of God in this local church. Hallelujah. I'm going to come down there. By the Holy Ghost, may I stir up the gift of God in this church that we are to be a great commission people, that we are to love a lost and a hurting world. That men are dying and going into eternity without Christ and Evangel Temple has the answer. We have the hope and it lies within us and we must share our faith. We must make a difference in our world. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. God, stir up a first love. Come on, I want you to lift your hands right across this congregation. Stir up a first love. Renew a passion for the lost. Renew a passion for the things that matter and move the heart of God. What moves heaven? I want my father's eyes. Someone this week said, one of my grandchildren has my eyes. I thought, oh, may they have eyes of compassion towards a lost world. May they have eyes of compassion towards the hurting, the needing, those that need the gospel preached unto them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God allows us to pray for the nations. He allows us to go to the nations. If you can't go, you can be a part of the sending. You can be a part of helping men go work in Panama City. Amen. We're going back. Amen. The need is so massive. If you can't go, you can be a part of sending the team to El Salvador, the doctors, nurses, and other folk that are going this week to be the hands and feet of Jesus to a hurting area. The eight to 10 trips next year, but friends, it's more than that. It's the good news being shared on a local basis every week, week in, week out. We do local. Jesus said, go to our Jerusalem 
or Judea or Samaria and the uttermost parts. The world is not just the local. It is all inclusive and the church must have a balanced approach and a heart to see everybody hear the good news. I want you to listen to the little video on the screen of one of our couples that's been connected to doing missions. Hey everybody, I'm Mike Highfield. It's my wife Lori. Uh, long time members here at Evangel. Uh, I've been going here since 1977 when we were in the old, old building across the street. Um, so we just want to talk to you today about our missions program here and how we feel about it. When I was 15, I went on my first missions trip um, with Pastor Gary to Puerto Rico. Um, my next missions trip was in 2002. Um, I had heard that the youth was going to Denmark and um, honestly, I didn't think anything about it, wasn't planning on going. And uh, one night I went to bed and I had a dream. And I was uh, sitting in front of the pulpit and Brother Wiggins was standing there. And he said, open in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. And I woke up again. And um, so I grabbed my Bible I had no idea what that passage was, and when I opened it up, it was when Jesus commissioned the disciples to go into all the world. And when I got down to chapter um, 10, verse 38, it said, He who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Uh, I went on my first trip to uh, China. And uh, God just really blessed me more than I was able to bless the people there. You know, you go on these missions trips and you want to bless other people by your time and through your efforts, but God always seems to pour more into you than you ever get to pour out to other people. One thing that I did see that I knew was significant was I saw in those kids um, a passion and a love for the gospel and every day they would get up with a backpack and a boombox and they would hit the streets in Europe and um, if you've ever been to Europe it's it's a hard place to, to do ministry and missions um, not everybody in a third world country or, or places where they're very poor they're very hungry and they want to hear everything you have to say about Jesus and um, the I remember thinking, I want that for my kids. And um, so I told Pastor John the next year when they went on another trip that I wanted to go. And um, I did. I, I took my daughter, Amanda, and my son, Adam. And it's interesting how God opens these doors. And from one person in your family saying yes, it um, opens up doors that you would never know would, would be opened haven't been involved in the missions either through giving or going personally I say get involved because there's no way that you can outgive God and everything you pour into it he's going to pour back into your life I want everybody to stand as the worship team comes back this world deserves an opportunity to hear the good news we have been the recipients of so much we're born again. 
our lives forever changed, our destinies, our eternities changed because of the gospel coming to us. And yet we have a responsibility to our world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My friends, you can help. You can be a part of the solution. I believe that every person under the sound of my voice, every person watching online will have to give an account of the go. How we prayed over it, how we carried it forth, how we helped others carry it forth. And I don't want God to say, I had to remove the candlestick of your life or your church because you lost your first love. Jesus' first love, he came to seek and save the lost. It's all about the lost. It's all about the lost. Some of my dad's last words to me, 31 weeks ago, received the good news and it's changed our lives but we have a responsibility yes we have a responsibility to El Salvador we have a responsibility to Latin America to Africa to the islands of the sea to Europe to Asia North America Jacksonville, Florida, the schools of this city, the neighborhoods of this city. You know that every one of us are supposed to be a missionary in our daily world. We all will have to answer about the go. I really believe at the judgment seat of Christ, we will have an individual response to the Great Commission. 51% of Christians and churches of America do not know what the Great Commission is. That's a statistic that just recently came out. 51% of Christians in churches in America. Friends, we have a responsibility to reach our world. And I'm not going to let us lose sight of that. That candlestick is too important. There's an anointing when we go. There's an empowerment when we go. There's miracles that happen when we go. Amen. As you go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead as you go. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to offer your life in greater surrender, whatever that looks like, I want you to move from where you're standing and come to the front. Come on, if you want to offer your life in greater surrender to the go, to the go, to the go. I've watched people leave college careers in answer to the go. Pastor Jordan and the team that just got back from Ecuador, man that had a full scholarship 
to Auburn to play football. Full, complete scholarship. Walked away from it to be a missionary. I believe God can still do that today. Cause people to walk away from scholarships to go to the ends of the earth. What are we raising up? Are we raising up great commission Christians? Or are we raising up people that are going to fulfill the call of God upon their lives? The anointing of God. Have you lost your first love? Come on, friends. If I just want, you want an individual response, a fresh renewal, come, come to the front right now. Jennifer, lead us in that song.
answer the goat. to find someone to join hands with right now. I want to pray over our church family. Everyone watching online, Father, we humble ourselves. Thank you that the gospel came to us, that somewhere we encountered the gospel, that somewhere through some person, through some form of media, some form of means, the gospel came to us and we heard the gospel, that we were all on our own road to Damascus, but you stopped us and we heard the good news and we responded. And because of that good news, Lord, we are seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Thank you that the gospel has changed our lives. We're just not good people, we're God people. We're heirs to the kingdom of God. Join heirs with the throne of God. Lord, we thank you that the gospel has changed our life and that the gospel still works today. Thank you that the gospel came to this church family. Thank you that the gospel came to every person under the sound of my voice right now. But Lord, we pray that the candlestick will not have to be removed from our lives or from this fellowship. God, may we stir up the first love. May we stir up that passion, that excitement. When we first got saved, how we wanted to tell others, we wanted to share. Lord, there was a first love. Lord, stir that up among us. That there's a first love to share with Jacksonville. There's a first love to share with our city, to share with our community, our neighborhoods, our workplace. But then, oh Lord, let us lift up our eyes and see the rest of the world that needs access. Father, we pray. We pray for miracles to happen. We pray for supernatural, effectual open doors. Paul said that there was an effectual open door given to him. And Lord, I'm decreeing over this church family an acceleration, God, of open doors so that we can carry the good news effectual, fervent door of opportunity, Lord, that what we do and how we do it is about the spread of the gospel and divine endowment, divine enablement, uh, divine supernatural miracles will follow that. Lord, bless this church family. Stir up the gift of God among us to be a great commission people a go-to nations church that we 
we love the nations, that we love our world because we have our Father's eyes. I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender all to him. I freely give. At 18 years of age, at eight, before anybody moves, at 18 years of age, I knew what I wanted to be and do in life. I had direction. I had purpose. But at 18 years of age, I knelt beside my bed at 1201 Crown Drive and I offered my life to the Lord to follow His will. That changed the scope of what the future would look like because I knelt beside a bed in a bedroom as an 18-year-old. What I was going to do with my life and pursue as a career, God changed every bit of that while on my knees beside my bed and I got up with purpose and begin to follow what I felt was God's will. I'm telling you, it starts with full surrender to God. And I want us to sing this. And I want us to be surrendered to His will as a church family. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely Because he has anointed you to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to set 
for this time and season. Do not look at yourself and hold back, but go forth with my power and my might, for I will go before you and my glory shall be your rear guard. This is a time that you shall rise up out of a state of depression which circumstances can fuse and look to the future. Look to those who are hurting and I will bring you out of your despair. For I have called you, for just as Isaiah said, Oh Lord, the cold, take the cold and put it to my lips. And the, and the seraphims came and touched his lips with the cold. And he says, your sins are forgiven. And he said, whom shall I send? And who will go for me? Will you say like Isaiah, here am I, send me. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to sing one more song and then I'm going to read the ironic blessing. It's an old song that says, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. You may not even know that. Do you know that? Thank you, Lord, for saving me. to Moses. Hey, Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you're to bless my people. Very specific instructions on how to bless the people of the Lord. Say unto them, slip your hands up, the Lord bless thee, and the Lord keep thee, and the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give you peace. Mm. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And you will put my name 
and your families. And God says, I will bless them. I will bless them. I will bless them. Hallelujah. You receive that blessing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those that need to leave, you can be dismissed, but I want us to sing one more. I'll go where you want me to go. That's one of granddad's favorite songs, grandma. Amen. Or mountain or plain or sea. Come on, Justin. I know you can do this. I'll say what you want me to say. Dear Lord, I'll be what you want me to be. I'll go. Come on, Mikey. I'll go where you Hallelujah.